lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that just changed all of its passwords to Kenny. And now we're just left with Kenny Loggins. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Um, Danger Zone, Curtis. Danger Zone. Yes, yes, Danger Zone. I'm feeling a bit footloose after that opening joke. Uh, Yeah, it's good to be back, you know, like... Larry's over his jet lag. I managed to get my overactive 11 month old in bed we can actually do a podcast outstanding (laughs) oh i was so bad so i had recently just come back from about two and a half weeks in germany oh i curtis i maybe because it's the pandemic and i haven't traveled internationally or like further afoot to change my my internal clock but coming back and it's a six hour difference i was so messed up man the first day back, I was just like sitting as a zombie. And then after that, it was just trying to wake up at some decent hour and trying to stay up till again, some decent hour. Cause when you, cause when you go to your destination, it doesn't really matter. Cause you're excited to be there. You don't really, you don't really feel the, the jet lag as keenly as when you're, when you're coming back you know, you're tired. You're you're tired before you even get on your flight because you've just spent X amount of days abroad, and then and then you then you're on a plane. Usually, I don't know, Larry, if this is true for you. Usually, my the the flight home is just several levels of ass, whereas the flight <laughs> there is totally fine. Again, well, so I, I think there's something to it. I think it. I think it's if you're going in the direction that I we come home to. Mm. It's worse than going there, I, th- I still think. Because it, it wasn't like I was snapping up or I was really tired at certain times of the day. Um, I think I think there is something to it, but I, I'm sure if someone read it or could explain it to me, there's, there's, a, there's a scientific reason why. But I, I fell in that rule of thumb where you take an hour per uh, – a day per hour of difference before you kind of feel like yourself again. And that's pretty true. It wasn't until like early – Early last week, mid last week, <laughs> I was kind of feeling like myself again. At least it and was not, little... and, and not like going, not wanting to go to bed at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> at, at night. Sorry, at night because I was just like horribly exhausted. But I did tell people like, don't ask me any serious questions after three thirty because at that point in time, my, my brain was kind of elsewhere. At least you got to go somewhere before you got that feeling. Um, you know, I can remember quite recently working those two Olympics that were uh, the one in Oh, one in Tokyo and you had to do the shift? In, I did the shift. So, um, yeah, I, I I didn't even have the um, benefit of leaving my kitchen. And I got that same terrible, terrible feeling. It must have been still easier because at least you have the sun and the daylight to kind of realign yourself yeah yeah i mean i don't know if you have to take the like the rule of thumb that you had talked about like a day per hour like you can kind of get back into it pretty pretty quickly but um 
you still need a couple of days. You need to stagger. I found you just need a couple of days to stagger your um, your your awake window and your sleeping times, and then you're fine. Um, but for the um, uh, Tokyo Olympics, I gave myself um, no days off. Like basically, <laughs> basically the Sunday the the Sunday morning. So that was like Sunday evening Tokyo time. I I wrote my last sort of story for the Olympics and then I had that day to kind of chill out and then I was just back in my regular shift on Monday. Now I made my schedule so I <laughs> could only blame myself. But that was a tough tough Monday cuz I hadn't had the chance to stagger yeah uh, myself. So I was like, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. Don't ask me any like actual questions. <laughs> well, let me give you a, a quick uh, summary of the trip because we're not really a, a travel show and I, I without showing pictures it's kind of difficult for me to even describe uh loved it never been so we were in uh berlin uh nuremberg and munich so we kind of went from berlin and went southwards into bavaria uh, we did do some time in the alps so that was loads of fun as well uh so lots of world war ii sightseeing and uh, I was telling you one of the uh, special highlights when we got a tour of the Alliance Arena where Bayern Munich play. And that is bonkers, seeing a stadium that big. Yeah. Just, just insane. And I, I was telling you before the show, I don't know where we get off thinking that Toronto could host a FIFA game. Yeah. We can't, we can't, we, you know... We can't relate to that to to that level, to that scale, that yeah. To that scale, yeah. Where were you saying that it could hold like uh, seventy thousand people so or so? Officially seated seventy, with standing it's seventy five. Yeah, so that's a pretty good, you know, um, you know, like that 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 could maybe hold enough people for a Taylor Swift concert, like, maybe. You know. Yeah. Well, well, I think with floor, right? Oh, with that, floor, it definitely could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Ta- Taylor Swift would play there. Easy. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a funny story I want to explain uh, because uh, I think Audi is a big uh, sponsor of the team. So they actually have their practice field not too far from the real stadium. And apparently it's a thing. Our tour guide said it was a thing. They park their cars there and in the practice arena, they have all these Audis waiting for them to get into, and they drive that car to the stadium. So they're seen going to Alliance Arena and exiting out of an Audi, even though they drive like Ferraris or a McLaren or whatever they're driving out there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That, that thought, I thought that was a kind of a funny story. Yeah. You know? that, 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 that is. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to see, you know, well, I guess Harry Kane. Yeah. Right when we were there, like they was a oh yeah, I think it was a week before we were there. They they just uh, they 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 traded him right, or they they bought him, or whatever the case was. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so so obviously that's uh, probably quite big news over there. I oh, would say. Oh, and oh, it's huge. His jersey was flying off the shelves. Like even people walking around, like they 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 were dying for for him and i think it, from what i understand i think it's a good landing spot for him too right like um it's one of the most like they are the most winningest team well being one of the oldest teams of course they better be the most one of the most winningest teams in uh yeah in all of europe 
Yeah, and I think I think it's I think it's they also have a pretty crazy following there as well. Yeah, crazy following and you know big international following and lots of talent and of course like um our our very own Alfonso Davies um you know on that on that squad so uh yep. Um yeah, no it's a it's a good spot. I mean like we, Bayern Munich like they're always, you know, making noise in the Champions League and and uh yeah, I, I don't I think like I would say that probably um, you could make a make a pretty nice living in Munich. You know, yep. <laughs> not not a bad place to be. Uh, the food is good. See, the funny thing is, once you're in Munich, uh, sorry, once you're in Berlin, it's so cosmopolitan that it's m- very much like Toronto. Where I found it very difficult finding like what you would kind of deem as traditional German food in Berlin. Yeah, you're looking for a schnitzel down at. Uh- I did. I did find a place. I did find like this total touristy trap, oompa music. They actually had a band playing. Yeah, know, get that Bavarian experience in Berlin. Yeah, actually, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> the food wasn't that. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure the the Berliners would like put up their nose to it, but it was. It wasn't actually. It it was a huge, huge beer hall. Like a huge, yeah. huge beer hall. And yeah, they had a band playing. Oh, playing yeah. the oompa polka music and. But once we got into Bavaria, you, you actually saw more of that, and the food was – you right. saw more of that food elsewhere. Um, yeah, big on the pork. Big mm. on the pork. They have something that they call – that they refer to as the pork knuckle, but it's not really – at first I went pork knuckle, and then I looked at the photo, and then I went, oh, wait, this is not the pork knuckle. This is basically the, the shank of the pig. Right, yeah. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they call it the knuckle. I'm pretty sure it's a shank. So, uh, I did I have it? I had the pork shoulder one night. That thing was huge enough. It was, and and the beer, Curtis, the beer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, apparently, in Munich during Oktoberfest, they go through four million liters of beer. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. It's got a it's got a reputation to uphold. In a beer garden there. It's a thing. It's not. They're not restaurants. They're beer gardens. You can bring whatever food you want into it, as long as you're buying beer from the beer garden. Right. Yeah. And beer's super cheap. I didn't realize that the drinking age was like 16 for beer, 19 for hard liquor. So beer is like whatever. Beer is beer is beer. You 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 drink it. Yeah, I think because I think that was the same in Switzerland because my nephew, when he turned sixteen, could drink beer, um, but yeah, no, he couldn't drink like um, like whiskey or anything. Yeah, two dollars, two euro for a bottle of water, Curtis. Two fifty for a beer. <laughs> you pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I would just stay hydrated with beer. The sense I get, a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no time limit. You know, no, Ger- Germany does have a does have a uh, a well earned reputation. So we left just as they were kind of like slowly setting up for Oktoberfest, mm, right? Which I guess in that that would be a whole other thing to to experience if you were to go. Uh, uh, what else did I talk about? Oh man, Central Europe heat. We we were there during that heat wave. Oh my god, Curtis, it was so hot. I I think from now on, I'm I'm only visiting Europe in the spring or in the fall. Yeah, well, uh, we were talking a bit before the um, 
b- before we started the recording and uh, I just find um Europe and 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 I my my uh experience is more with the, the UK which I know is a island climate it's not the same as continental Europe but my my experience with uh, with Europe is uh, they're not ever prepared for the weather unless it is seasonal like exactly seasonal Hmm. but any variation be it too hot or too cold (laughs) they're they're bashing they're bashing each other's heads in yeah go inside eating the goo inside england was i remember london was particularly bad uh and and this happened like two winters that i was there where there would be like a dust like a dusting of snow like 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 kind of like the amount of snow that you might get on like a Tim Hortons cruller, like if you got icing powder on like a Tim Hortons cruller or something like that amount of snow. And it just it just led to chaos. <laughs> just the tube wasn't running properly, people oh, were like, staying home, you know. <laughs> See, I think it was just us because I think the native uh Germans didn't seem to the heat never seemed to bother them. Mm, oh, um, but we were like when we were sightseeing we were like traveling like vampires just traveling from shady spot to shady lane to tr- shady lane yeah yeah um and but, but you were saying that it wasn't humid so you could you could find you refuge could, you from the heat, the heat yes 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 you 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 could easily find refuge and- now i i know i know that um i just wanted to bring this up before we forget because i know we've moved on from the culinary uh, experiences that you had in Germany, <clears throat> but you did you did uh, say that you were going to mention one thing in particular, and I just want to make sure that it gets its prop. Oh yeah, we got we. So I had to go to McDonald's, right? One one to confirm that if they're still calling the quarter pounder the Royale, which they do. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, wow, that's that's a, that. It is a thing. It, it is a thing. Um, one of the featured items there, and it's not like a special edition temporary, hey, um, special one time, get it before it's gone, is the McRib. The, the McRib is in the permanent a permanent, rotation. A permanent thing. And, and that's because of, I guess, how how prevalent pork is. Like you can get this pork sandwich in in Bavaria, which is just it's, – it's awesome, Curtis. It's just – pork upon pork upon pork and then they give you a layer of crispy skin inserted <laughs> in so it's like a, it's like lettuce it's the crispy part and i think it could be the fast food equivalent of that but they don't use barbecue sauce right it's typically sauerkraut on it mustard there you go so i think for them it must be a treat now Curtis, I don't know i don't remember cuz it's probably since the 80s since i had a McRib mm. Did it have onions and pickles on it? Because that's what it had. That's how it was garnished when I had it. I don't remember it having pickles. Um, yeah. So it's it's garnished with pickles and like not the, again, leave it to McDonald's, right? They, they, they just don't use the same onion. It's not the small cubed onion. These are like, like Julian. Is that what right, that right. Means? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Larry, if I remember correctly, like it just had like like an arse load of sauce on it. And <laughs> I remember like back in the day it came with a hot shot. You remember hot shots? 
Oh yeah, these, yeah. You, you, those little yeah. What what were they? I, I don't know. It was it was like a chemical reaction that you you probably don't want to replicate in general yeah. use. But it came in a little pouch, and you'd flick the pouch, and it became warm. You'd put them in your gloves. Yeah. And and hope it doesn't breach and figure out whatever is causing <laughs> that heat to leak into your hands. Yeah, yeah. But you'd get them with the McRib. Yeah, because I guess the McRib was intended to be a winter special when it first came out. But it's it's been back a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, but it never sticks around. Yeah, that, I, I don't understand why, because it is tasty. After the fact, you kind of, you know, once you get over the fact that it's like constituted pork, like it's basically a, a chicken nugget. Yes, because it's made to look like it actually has like a bone in it. Yeah, it still does. Like they they couldn't just give you a slab of pork. Yeah, and put it in between bread. They had to make it look like, which doesn't make any sense to me because who does that? I know, I know. It's it's it's, it's pretty weird. You want to simulate the fact that the bone is still on this thing. Yeah, like if you got a pork sandwich, you'd never get like a. A, a rib sandwich with the bone intact, right? Like yeah. in the, so I don't know why they, I don't know why it's a thing for them to sort of make it look like, and it's just, and it's really like very, I don't know if it's still like this, Larry, but like the bone, because it's simulated, it would have to be perfectly, like perfectly like square, um, like perfectly angled. Like it just looks nothing like, a a rib bone like when you get it when you get like oh a no rack it's, of it's, ribs. it's more it's it's more like if if a cartoonist like a Looney Tune cartoon <laughs> were yeah. to draw a rack of ribs that's what it would look like that's right yeah like maybe the Flintstones <laughs> like the ribs that tip over Fred's car or, in the credits but like yeah like when you get like a, a, a you know a rack of ribs they don't go up like you know up and up and down like like. Um, <laughs> You know, like they're just, it's just kind of like, you know, they're, it's well, just it's a stencil, sort of, Curtis. Like yeah. <laughs> it just squishes it. Yeah. So um, it's common. Yeah. So I, I, I had to, but again, McDonald's ubiquitous across the world. Everything just tastes the same. The whole ordering experience is the same. Man, like they just, if, if anyone kind of doubted they had to down pack that machine. But yeah, bring back the McRib. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a a pleasant surprise about finding it, right? Now, in, in Germany, do they have... Because I find the McDonald's here, uh, they they tend to... They're kind of going away from introducing things like the McRib, and they'd prefer to introduce something from their McCafe line. Like, you know, like you might get like a a a sort of chicken breast, like not not breaded chicken like a healthy chicken breast yeah. sandwich and i'm not as interested in that i'm i'm very interested in the McRib, and we've talked already about like mcdonald's pizza that also needs to come back that was good yep and and it and it comes in a in a modern day biodegradable cardboard uh case so the rectangular case so it has a, it's mm. the, not wrapped so it it, it yeah, has yeah. that old school feel to it but so yeah if you Jones and for one, at least in, in at least in Munich and uh, Nuremberg, they they've got it there. <laughs> well, it's probably all over Germany, probably. Yeah, it's, it's probably just a thing because of, yeah. Um, I think I talked about beer, right? There's no small beer. Someone had told me, oh, if you're not a big beer drinker, try to find a sampler plate. There was no such thing. 
A small beer is 20 ounces, Curtis. Yeah. So a There's small no, beer is like a, a, a regular pint over here. <laughs> That's right. Small. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I saw the large, it was like, it, you're drinking out of a pitcher. Right. Like a, a, a glass pitcher. Yeah. Like it's what, like a two liter Stein kind of thing? Uh, I, I didn't really take the measurement, but yeah. it was it was just impressive watching the servers carry them. <laughs> yeah. You've got to, I mean, you know, you've got to sort of. Um, probably, probably stretch, probably stretch your biceps after doing a shift at one of these kind of places. It's it's the grip strength, and that's a lot of liquid you're holding, right? Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, damn, I know. I really want to see now. Now I feel I have to go. Big beers, McRib. You know, it's a win-win. Just go in spring or uh, fall, and it'll be like probably beautiful. Let let me. Uh, bring up something that i also kind of realized it may be my older age and they they talk about how it's better to learn languages when you're younger mm. yeah i i think i've reached the point where i realize i have no interest in learning any language the german language is tough though phonetically you can kind of get how they're conjugating words together but man I had the hardest time trying to order anything or read anything. I, I just came to a point where I'm just going to play the card that I don't even speak English and I'm just pointing. Yeah, I'm the I'm the I'm the mainland Chinese Japanese <laughs> tourist, and I I can't even read English. And I'm just pointing. <laughs> I, I did take a photo. It's this plum uh, plum cake. It starts with a Z. It. I, I tried Curtis. I, I gave it I gave it a serious go and I was just I I just couldn't do it. I was yeah. just like done I'm done. I th- I think I you know Yeah, it's probably like I think like they like their sort of like compound words, right? Like, you know, like if it if it you know, if you know, I can't think of well, a good. I can't think of a good example. My German has my German has failed me. No, no, no. You're you're right. You're right. And so they'll take two kind of words, jam it together, and you can kind of understand it. But then it forms a new word, which means the yeah, thing. Yeah, I used right? to know a few good examples of that, but I like I think fridge was cold closet. Yeah, it, it totally something they 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 totally function on that. Yeah. But when when it's not and it's like maybe a native thing like this plum dessert, dude, man, I was just <laughs> like it this looks too good. I'm just going to point. I actually took a photo of it and I've been showing it around to people. I wish see if, if for this episode or maybe I still have time to edit it in, get people to try to pronounce this dessert. Not that I have found out how to pronounce it myself. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't like plum cake. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it was like something very serious. So I think I realized, yes, I'm at that age, Curtis. I can't, uh, not that I don't want to, and I don't want to disrespect the language. I did, you know, break out the donka here and yeah. there, but uh, I just had the hardest time uh, this trip. Yeah, yeah. It's... And they also, oh, they also have a letter. This is interesting. They have a, a letter, an English letter that they are phasing out. Apparently, they decided we're no longer using it. It's the double S. 
Oh, that Strasse? one. Yeah. Stra- yeah. I think it, I think it, it, at the end it's Strasse. It, yeah. it looks like, it looks like this weird double S with an E at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a weird, I always thought it looked like a B kind of. Ah, yes. Yeah. Depending yeah. on how you kind of look at it, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like a painting where you're trying to interpret, yeah. but you see it everywhere, but uh, apparently they're, 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 yeah, they're getting rid of it. Yeah. For some reason, I can't remember if I thought it was called an S an Estzet or something like that. Well, I think it, it literally, like you said, it, it yeah. whatever it translates to translates to double S. Was this, I just wanted to ask, cause I just, I, I want to try uh, my um, hand at pronouncing this word. Is it spelt Z W E T S C H G E N K U C H E N? Yes. But there's uh, actually a second word to it, but you could try that. <laughs> oh, that's just a Svetskenkuchen. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. <laughs> and by the way, it's very tasty. If you can find it somewhere in Toronto and you see it, it's 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 quite tasty. Crumbly top. I will. I, I probably will find it somewhere in Toronto, but I bet you it will be called German plum cake. Plum cake, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have an interesting headline about Air Canada. I did fly Air Canada, and you were uh, you were asking. I think you were kind of alluding how my flight back is always bit easy, worse than flying there. I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I want to kind of talk about the movies that I saw. I I, I don't. I think I took because uh, it's a transatlantic. Uh, it was in the evening overnight, so flying there. So I did catch a few Z's. So I just kind of caught movies I've seen on the way back. I was like, okay, I need to watch movies I've not seen before. Mm. Now I'm going to list them now, Curtis. Uh, Some of them are kind of embarrassing that the fact that I'm only watching it now. So, and I kind of went on like this horror kick. Right. Uh, I saw evil dead rising. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Was it? (laughs) I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. So I didn't realize that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were like executive producers on the movie itself. So there were a few nods to the original. Um, she she picks up like the chainsaw or the shotgun and says, come get some. So, you know, there's a few things and she injures one of her hands and, you know, a few. Yeah. And she drives like not the Buick, but a Buick so for those super fans are probably like freaking out when it does that. I, I enjoyed it. There was like a good, not a good, good amount of gore. The story was decent enough. I, I would give it a recommend. Okay. Um, is it scary? Yeah, it's evil dead scary. It's more, yeah. it's more gory than anything else. You'll never yeah. look at a cheese grater the same way ever again. Uh-oh. I'll let you know that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, so the next movie I saw was, uh, uh, Get Out. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that uh, one. Jordan Peely? Is that how you... Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah. How old is this movie? I, before I got out. Oh, it was like, yeah. It's, it's like, what, five like, years old? Yeah, five? Yeah, yeah. About that. Five or six. No, he's like... He was a comedian. He had that show Key and Peele with Keegan-Michael Key. And then he became sort of like a... A sort of like horror... Um, director but like really good horror movies so uh that makes sense now because uh you can see some of his 
the the humor from the show in here incorporated in here yeah yeah Did you ever watch the show i think it was only on comedy central well, i don't know key and peel yeah oh yeah i watched a bunch of them yeah did you ever see the one since we're talking about horror movies in general the the sketch where it's the two black guys in the zombie apocalypse um i probably have but uh okay so basically it's the two guys the zombie apocalypse is happening and they're trying to do what you know the the beginning of the movie escape Right. So they're trying to run through the streets. and But what they noticed was all the white zombies seem to be avoiding them. <laughs> and then there's this one scene where uh, I think it's like the zombies are in the car and then they like roll up their windows. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a cup, a, cu- a, a family zombie, mm-hmm. uh, fa- like father, mother, daughter. Yeah. And like, they grab the daughter and put her on the other side, <laughs> and and they're all and they're all like, going, "What is going on?" Because all the other people are being attacked except yeah. for them. Yeah, uh, I, that I, sounds I, very familiar. But yeah, uh, exactly. Loved it. Oh, okay, so uh, Get Out again. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Great, great horror movie. Um, I maybe you're. I maybe it wasn't obvious. I I you saw it right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So spoilers here. Uh, maybe it wasn't obvious and I, it was supposed to be a shock. I had no idea was the girlfriend was in on it. I, no, we were just talking about that. We were talking about Get Out on the weekend. Yeah. And I think most of us, if not all of us, were surprised that the girlfriend was in on it. Yeah. So I, I thought, is I the only one that's shocked? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and of course... Uh, the 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 ending was also not really a shock but you kind of you have that he he does this great defeated look when our hero is trying to escape and then he sees the cop yeah. uh what what seems to be a cop car with the lights and it turns out to be his TSA buddy instead yeah yeah that's and right how the look of relief on her face versus he's just like oh i'm so screwed yeah and and it's his buddy and it was like, yeah yeah yeah, no, it was there was it was really uh it was really excellent and um you know like like the horror stuff was uh, I mean it gets gory eventually but like the horror stuff was more sort of because it was because it's believable, right? Like it's it's like the ugly side of human nature and the ugly side of racism and like that was the real like that's that's the the horror is something that exists rather than like Jason coming at you with a with a cleaver and and mm-hmm. stuff like that you know it's like that was so good mhm uh i did watch one stinker and now i kind of slipped my mind i was actually quite embarrassed i started it i don't even know if i finished it but those two were standouts and i would definitely um you know was it uh, Ernest scared stupid no, it might have been Street Fighter because for whatever reason, Air Canada had it on their library. Like, geez. What, the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme the Street Jean-Claude Fighter? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Good lord. Raul Julia. Dr- Dr- his Dr- last role. His last role. M. Bison. <laughs> I didn't realize. I for, I knew that they they had some of the characters. I didn't realize they had all the characters. Yeah, they have them all. But, like... they. 
most of them get like the short shrift. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's this weird, there's this weird cage fight tournament between Ken Ryu and um, and Vega, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they like Ken and Ryu are like very marginal players. It's like just Guy Guy and Chun Li, and um, and 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 Raul Julia's um, uh, M Bison. His uh, he'll he'll forever be known. As M. Bison. I saw that the Street Fighter animated movie is really good. I don't yep. know if it's aged well, but like that was fantastic. And then they came out with that. And, you know, I have a high tolerance for. Well, part of that. it was all. Exactly. <laughs> part of it was whoever made this movie, you. Did you watch any of the source material whatsoever? I know it's just a video game, but still, like, did you see what Bison looks like in the game? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I think I like like I thought Mortal Kombat was m- a much better movie, and I'm not saying by any stretch that was a good movie, but it was, but it was at least like coherent, right? Like it at least kind of mimicked the video games. Speaking of video games, um, I I I saw a movie recently. Um, I watched the Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Okay, and uh, it, it's not it's not bad. It's a Chris Pratt? No, Chris no, not, Pratt, not a, yep. Cr- yep, okay. Yeah, Chris Pratt is Mario. Now, does she- he put on the Ita- the American Italian accent? Kind of. Um, like at the beginning, he speaks with the "It's a me, Mario" accent, but it's because they're doing a commercial, so it's part of the oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, he kind of has one. He doesn't really. I don't think he's committed to any real sort of accent. He just kind of. You know, has a it's, he just has has like a whatever fairly neutral accent. Okay, um, maybe a little bit sort of New York Italian, but uh, it's 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 um, I think the highest grossing video game movie of all time, which would not be hard to do, but <laughs> <laughs> but it has done it, and with like proper blockbuster numbers, like it's done mm-hmm. really well. So. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I didn't. I didn't think it was great, but I thought that it was a good nod to the uh, Super Mario okay. uh, games. So okay. Well, we'll have to streaming maybe do on a, Prime. We'll have to do a review after I see it too, and we'll we'll, we'll talk it through. That's as of statement. as of right now, what is your favorite movie based on a video game license? If you could see Larry right now, he's, he's, I'm thinking. he's thinking about this. I'm thinking. I would give maybe, again, this is loosely based on the game, maybe, maybe The Rock's Rampage. I've never seen it, and that's that's a horrible movie too. Like yeah. that's why you know it's 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 not it's not easy to find quote unquote the best, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe Rampage, just because it's such a weird, obscure one to pick too. That is a bit. That is, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, we want to do a monster movie. How about a monster movie about this video game that you play <laughs> a monster, you're destroying the city. <laughs> yeah, that was what? a quarter eater Rampage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I now remembered my third movie that I saw on the flight. That was hor- That was the horrible one. I did finish it only because I knew I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Was Adam Driver in '65? Ah, uh, yeah, that's streaming somewhere. Um, not not good. 
Oh. 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 Yeah. I, they, they, either he was contractually agreed to do it or drove a truckload of money. Or maybe he read something in the script that thought, oh, I like this story about this relationship with this guy's father, uh, daughter, and he loses da- said daughter and now builds a relationship with this castaway, that not castaway, but survivor that's with him. Hmm. So spoilers, if anyone's going to see it. So the whole premise of the movie is Adam Driver is um, uh, an alien from another planet. Or he's not an Earthling. Um, they are terraforming, I believe, other planets, and Earth is not one of them. But they uh, smash into some asteroids that wake up a whole bunch of people from cryo sleep. Uh, Adam Driver is forced to take the ship down. He lands on Earth sixty-five million years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Everybody is dead except for him and this girl that was one of the people, I guess one of the terraformers. Or I, I it's not really explained where they were going or why. It was that that I think that was part of the problem. We I never really understood. Maybe again, maybe it's the plane. It was too loud. I didn't hear. It was a throwaway line. What he does, but it's just and she doesn't speak his language, which is English. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she speaks like kind of a. It sounded like Spanish like dialect in their alien language. So there's a communication problem. So they, you know, of course their relationship gets tighter as they voyage to this escape pod, which still exists, but they added this, uh, escape from New York element to it where time is ticking Curtis because the meteorite that actually destroys all dinosaurs on face on the earth is slowly approaching earth. Right. So you can see it in the sky and it's kind of you know reminding them that they have to get off the planet. So it doesn't sound bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, apparently the, in, in its execution it is not good. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it there. <laughs> On to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. So I have an Air Canada headline for everyone today, and and for you to take one, Curtis. This one, I'm glad it's not me. I'm glad I've never actually knock on wood and knock on whatever to give me luck that I've never had an experience like this or any kind of super bad experience at Air Canada, but... Air Canada customers kicked off plane for refusing vomit-covered seat. I wonder if the person who sat in the seat before them had just seen Adam Driver in 65. (laughs) Hey, maybe. (laughs) But also, I was going to say, like, doesn't that headline kind of basically, like, sum up? The arrogance. Your, the arrogance of Air Canada to me. Well, arrogance of Air Canada, but also doesn't it sum up the general experience that one kind of <laughs> feels like that they every time they, they, they fly with Air Canada that you're forced to sit on a plane, sit on a vomit covered seat and stew for four hours in it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just generally speaking, that's just like the experience that one feels at Air Canada, but not literally. 
Like this is more, I would have thought this is more figuratively, but no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You, you, I, there's always that hypothetical vomit when you're on a, on a plane. <laughs> exactly. This is like actual vomit. So Air Canada has apologized to customers who were allegedly escorted off a plane for refusing, Curtis, the nerve, refusing to sit in a chair covered with vomit for the duration of their four hour flight. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the two got to their seats. Um, they were on a flight from Las Vegas to Montreal. So there's your problem right there. It's a Vegas mm-hmm. plane. Yeah. And she first noticed the smell of vomit and the two women struggled to be seated. When she boarded the plane, the pair were, oh, sorry. This was a person that was like, it's like a sitting behind them telling them the story. So the pair were directly in front of them and they were basically, the witnesses were all saying they were treated unfairly because there was a foul smell. So I think they tried to cover it with perfume and they put coffee grounds in the sleeve pocket in front of them. Mm-hmm. They kind of did a wipe down, uh, but the seats were still visibly wet and they, you know, but so the ladies apparently were visibly upset. Uh, they, they obviously want to get home and mm-hmm. want to get on that flight so basically, they said, "Oh, well, here's some extra things you can clean the the thing with." And they also asked for like blankets so they could at least sit in the thing. Mm. And and apparently, there was still some puke on the um, seatbelt. Mm, so they didn't really do a great clean. Apparently, the cleaning staff didn't clean the plane. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, hold on, how can you miss that? That's how. That's why my flights are always delayed because they're cleaning all the crap. So totally fair. You know, you don't want to sit in a seat like that, but this, the plane's full or whatever. So after the supervisor reiterated that they would have to sit in the soiled seats, the two women were reluctantly provided blankets, wipes, and vomit bags to clean the area themselves. So mm. that's another part that bothers me. It's like, oh, here, you just paid however much money for this flight. You clean it. Yeah. Um, now, the witnesses were saying that they were upset, but they were not rude. So right. this is not a case where these were two drunk women screaming at the attendants. Yeah. Which personally, I I think they've got a case here. Mm-hmm. But eventually the pilot allegedly gave the women, came down and talked to the women, gave them two options. Either leave on the plane on their own accord and pay for another flight or be escorted off by security and placed on a no-fly list. The wow. pilot have purportedly cited their rude behavior as the reason to be forced to be forced the exit. Such Dude. jerks. Such jerks. And then uh, the interesting thing was there was a cop near them, like a, a, a off-duty cop who also sp- who spoke French because I think the pilot uh, spoke French. So they were speaking in French because I think he was trying to either de-escalate or explain what was going on. Uh, but eventually, you know, the police officer explained that you know, he's a uh, police uh, Montreal police officer, and that he would not treat people this way, and that you were they were not rude. That your seat has definitely got vomit on it, and it's wet. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. I think they let them stay on the plane. I think that's what I. Oh wait, sorry. Go, reading further down, security approached the two women, and they said they needed to speak to them privately. Uh, they initially didn't realize they were being kicked off the plane, and then they never returned. Mm. 
so many bad things all at once. This is this is what happens when you like have a you know I don't they don't have a monopoly. I I, I understand that there's like WestJet and there's other providers that operate out of Canada, but they have like like kind of a near monopoly and this is this is what happens is they can like force you to cover in pu- force for uh, force you to sit in pew covered seats or the alternative is you get kicked off the plane yeah so our apparently the message from statement from air canada our operating procedures were not followed correctly in this instance this includes apologizing to these customers as they clearly did not receive the standard of care to which they were entitled. That's an understatement. <laughs> so, Curtis, what would it take for you to sit in those seats for four hours? Like, free bar? All the food uh, you can have? Well. What's your price if, <laughs> if, if, if there was one? You know what would have to happen is somebody would have to pu- puke on a seat in first class and then let me sit in that. <laughs> okay. And I'd have to get upgraded. And then I'd still sit and puke, but I'd have to get upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> or or you sit in the upgraded puked seat. Yeah. That's what you're saying. That's okay. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I'd st- I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I'll sit and vomit, but it's got to be at least first class. Okay. And then you don't even have to wipe it down. <laughs> You 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 you'd sit on the biohazard that, itself. That is the only way I'm ever flying first class. It would have to be <laughs> something like that. I can't afford that shit. <laughs> so I'll take the the opportunity. Touche, touche. All right, let's move on to uh, another story. Oh, uh, one thing about flights and Europe. Apparently, uh, or not really. Apparently, I, I think that it did pass. Um, you. All Canadians will have to pay to enter Europe soon. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, you'll have to pay like a, a nominal fee, but like uh, I think know. I found. I think it's. I think it was like ten euro, ten Canadian, so seven euro. Yeah, it's ish. not. It's not a ton, but it's still like you. You never had to. It's something you didn't have to do before, and now you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if this guy has to pay anything for – he must have had to pay for this because he modified his car so much and – I don't know. Police pull over a car with huge bull in passenger seat. Yeah. You have to see this. Yeah. yeah. It, the picture has – so this car is a – is it a Lincoln Town car, some large sedan? Yeah. Um, the roof and the front windshield of the passenger side is completely cut off. So it's kind of like almost like a half convertible. And uh, where the door is, it seems to be like a corral door welded to it. You know what else? In is, addition to? You know what else is really weird about this car is that it looks like it was a police car. And then the PO is taken off and it just says lice everywhere. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, hey. Any case, this guy loves his bull so much that he loves driving with it, and the bull doesn't seem to mind. No, the bull seems completely chill. Have you ever heard of the legend of Chicken Man? No, Chicken Man. There's a beer named after him. Chicken okay. Man is a guy in Georgetown who, um, and I remember him from when I lived there. Um, and he rides around town with a bike, 
like on a bike and the bike has a seal test like milk crate attached to the front and 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 there's a chicken who just sits in the milk crate and this guy just bikes all over town with this chicken and the chicken is like super calm and chill and just happy to be in the thing that's what that's what this bull reminds me of it reminds me of the chicken from georgetown in the legend of chicken man He's just he's just completely content. It looks like oh, yeah. being in this car. Oh yeah, God! This bull, like it's got these enormous. It's it's I don't know what kind of bull it is, but it's it it doesn't look like it's from it's it's a huge steer, right? Yeah, I guess that's what the, the term. It's hilarious. Just you know, it just likes cruising. Maybe, it's got you know? these massive hor- massive curly horns. Like oh it's, yeah, yeah, like it's a proper bull. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of adorable in a way. But yeah, I don't understand the deal with the the car. Like it's an old, looks like a old police car, and in every instance, the PO is taking taken off. Well, it, it's also like you could have got a trailer, and the bull could have more space. Because what kind of legroom does the bull have? Not a ton. Yeah. So maybe he just likes driving and like petting it once in a while. I don't. Know. Or just wants the bull to ride shotgun. <laughs> maybe the bull called shotgun and then he had to make some modifications maybe he's one of those guys who takes shotgun really seriously was there was there a, a, a mixed drink called a shotgun or is it just you shotgun a beer uh there may be one but i, I know about shotgunning a beer but not about the- okay well here's a drink that you might want to pick up curtis for the holiday season Ego released a boozy drink that tastes like waffles, maple syrup, and bacon. Basically, it's brunch in a jar. Yeah. I'm very interested. I, I, I'm i intrigued. Yeah. I, I think it would be a – how – can it be worse than eggnog? I <laughs> – I guess it it could be, but uh, <laughs> they call it they call it. They, I love how the fact that you know because they have to call it something because it is alcoholic drink. Mm. It's sipping cream, sipping cream. Yes, yeah. And they the way the branding, like the way they show it, like they'll show like a sort of a healthy American breakfast. Like there's one where it's where it's got like a a waffle with avocado and egg on it, a cup of berries, stuff like that, and then. A jar of this ego sipping cream. <laughs> I, I love I love the picture here because it's in like a uh, like uh, like a martini glass with a mini baby <laughs> waffle garnish and a bacon strip garnish. Yeah, I know, I love that too, Larry. Larry, I've looked up um, where you can get it. Um, I put it in my postal code. Um, unsurprisingly, there is it is not available in Canada, but there are two locations in the Greater Buffalo area and one in Rochester. So, you know, if you're on a road trip, if you're going to go see the Bills or you're going to go like shopping at the Walden Galleria or whatever, you know, maybe look for some Ego <laughs> brunch in a jar, Appalachian sipping cream, or or honestly, if someone from the Ego corporation is listening to curtis and i right now we'll easily accept any type of sponsorship and if you we love your product (laughs) it is excellent i've never tried it but i'm convinced it is excellent (laughs) i i i want that t-shirt just of the the label (laughs) 
It is a pretty great label. Brunch in a jar, sipping cream. Sipping cream. Um, you know, you know what I did have, Larry. Though um, this is a bit of a blast from the past that you might appreciate. Is um, uh, we went up to the cottage, uh, Heather's sister's cottage, uh, last weekend. Uh, it's in Coe Hill, Ontario, uh, the hamlet of Coe Hill. So they do have a liquor store there. Um, as you could imagine, the selection is not robust. But what they did have, and I did buy and drink, was alcoholic Tahiti treat. Do you remember Tahiti treat? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It is back it's, now in a vodka like a, cooler type of thing. It's like carbonated fruit punch, right? Yes. That's exactly what it is. And, yeah. and now you can get it. Now you can get a boozy version. Now you can't get the pop anymore. Um, that's like completely really? gone. Okay. I, I haven't seen it. It was like I think it was a Canada dry product. So they so like I remember the the uh fruit market in Bramalee where we used to go to as a kid, they used to just they used to only have Canada dry pops. So they had the ginger ale, then they had Tahiti treat, and they had Wink. I don't know if you remember Wink. Yep. Like a lemon lime type of deal. It was like their version of seven up, right? Yeah. It was and they they didn't they didn't they weren't quick enough to uh trademark Lyman, so they couldn't say it had the crisp taste of Lyman, but it was that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you can't get Tahiti treat at all anymore, ex- mm. unless you want to get unless you want it laced with vodka, and then you can absolutely get it <laughs> at the LCBO. Oh man, see that uh, it's so s- disgustingly sweet. That's like a hangover waiting to happen. Yeah, it's so... I, think at, I, think, I think at our age, Curtis, we'd probably finish like half a serving and we'd be like, oh, <laughs> let, let me let me put it to you this way. I split it six ways. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and that was enough. Yeah, it is, I just need a taste. <laughs> it's just a little dab, little, little, uh, what, what, uh, no, uh, is this the nose? Is that, yeah, is that... yeah, just the nose. Yeah, yeah, just that's enough. To, yeah, it was, it was more than enough. it was, you know. The, the, the thimbleful about- I had was pleasant, and then that was yeah. It. I, 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 you know what? I think I'm gonna have to look for some Tahiti treats. Someone must have like a case somewhere. I don't know. It's true. I remember like from a previous uh, episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. I was convinced that you couldn't get eat mores anymore. Then we did and <laughs> ate them on the show, and now I've seen them everywhere. <laughs> So okay, I, I I'll try to make that as a side mission yeah. throughout. The, maybe in the fall, I'll I'll see if I can yeah. locate a couple of cans. It's a side quest. Side quest, exactly. And our last headline. Uh, well, maybe after you have that Tahiti treat, Chris, I hope you, <laughs> you 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 know either rinsed or brushed because that's a high sugar content drink. Ontario woman breaks record for largest toothbrush collection in the world. That's a good Curtis- segue. Who knew collecting toothbrushes yeah. would be a, a a collector item? But hey, like a way to get into the uh, Guinness Book of World Record. Well, Records. this this woman uh, from Mississauga, uh, she had she has or reached a collection of one thousand six hundred eighteen packaged toothbrushes. And I was wondering, I'm looking at her collection. So she's holding like a couple of Simpsons ones. There's a Gumby one in the background. So like, obviously she's got like a lot of like limited editions, you know, specialty toothbrushes. But I wonder if it starts just by going to the dentist 
and always getting a toothbrush that you'll never use. And then they add up and you're like, hmm, I feel like I could break a record. Well, apparently she started when she was 12 years old and, uh, you know, she's 42 now. So it's a 30 year voyage, Curtis, to hit that number. So possibly now the question now the question I have is what is her dental hygiene like if she's been collecting these she must maybe she's not using them she's just collecting them yeah that's an excellent question Um, it could be terrible because she (laughs) refuses to open up any of these but you know what I I I bet she has an electric toothbrush and flosses daily I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt probably yeah uh, but it took 40 minutes just to count them from 1 to 1,618. That's pretty efficient. Yeah, you know. Well, um, I, if, if you're good, you could just separate them out in 10s. You could probably get it quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, hey, but how would you like to work at the – for the fine folks at Guinness Book of World Records and having to go and travel to Mississauga – and count toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem glamorous, does it? Do, like, when, when you when you reach about seven hundred, do you rethink your career choices? Like nobody's ever setting these records in like, you know, Paris or mm. Miami or, 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 or Monaco or something like that. <laughs> They're always being set in Mississauga. Or, or like Des Moines, Iowa, or yeah, just just <laughs> just just sitting in some suburban home near South Common Mall, <laughs> and just counting toothbrushes. Now, South Common Mall is that the one that had rides? There was that mall in Mississauga that it had a Ferris wheel and maybe some other rides. Uh, okay, so the only reason I know South Common Mall is it had. What I would say before, like the big Cineplex um, theater systems took over, it had one of the greatest movie theaters there, or series of movie theaters, because it was always never overly busy. The screens were decent; it was clean, and they would always have like, you know, top movies out there. But it was just for me living living and growing up in Brampton. That's where we'd go and see movies all the time. And that's a that's a trek, right? To go to South Common Mall from Brampton, man. You you you, you call yourself a, a like a Bramptonite. You, you didn't go to the Imperial Six, or the, no way, or the Bramley South- City Center. So to tell you the truth, I've never actually been in South Common Mall when it's actually been open. You've only <laughs> been there for the for the for, for the, the movie, right? Right. I think I don't know if it's South Common, but there was one of the Mississauga shopping malls had rides. I remember my brother and I thinking that was like pretty cool because we had just been to like Shoppers World and BCC. Um, you know, we weren't used to like these higher end, higher mm. end malls. Now, I I would like to one day sort of like gauge. Pe- I'd like to do like a little bit of a research, a deep dive. I'd like to gauge people's movie watching habits before the rise of. Um, the the massive Cineplex and AMC theaters, and you know, in 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 Peel region specifically, like who went to Sussex Center? Who went to the Centennial? 
Yeah, and you're talking before again before the big Cineplex yeah. multi super multi screens that took over. Yeah, yeah. Did you like like Larry Wu drive mm. out of town to go to what you felt was a superior uh, cinema, or were you happy going to the one screen they had at Shoppers World, which is where I saw Star Wars for the first time? Yeah, I saw E. T. There. Yeah. Um. It was it, obviously, you know, it, it was gone shortly afterwards when I could go see a movie by myself. But, uh, you know, we could probably do a deeper dive on this, but South Common Mall, Sussex Center, Bramley City Center sometimes. Uh, the, and and Square One did have its own theater before the the thing but for whatever reason i never really liked going there for whatever reason no i didn't like if i was going out that way i was going to sussex center because then you could hit the lime rickies before the, or after and i think because of the quality of the theater was also a lot better than the ones in square one it was for whatever reason it was for sure yeah, I, 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 I don't remember yeah i don't remember why i, I think i didn't like the the screens there georgetown but, georgetown had a you know, back in the day, it doesn't have hasn't had one for years, but it had a three screen uh, cinema um, mm. downtown. That's so I took took my dad to, to there to see Phantom the Phantom Menace. Oh God! It was the last movie I ever saw there, <laughs> and uh, and they had this thing. They they uh, I went and it's a two for Phantom Menace. I said okay, but like we're we're only allowing two tickets per person because this is a very popular movie. So. So so they marked us down. They they marked down like you know, gave us each a ticket. We went in, and there was like maybe five other people. You know, it had, <laughs> it had been people were aware of Jar Jar at this point. It had been out, so it wasn't like, okay. You know, it wasn't like when we went to see it on opening day. Yeah, in which which they did a pretty good job, kind of hiding a lot of the story and whatever was going on. Right, they did because it, you know because it wasn't like the internet was still i don't know young ish yeah it, it was, was it was yeah like it wasn't the same it wasn't like it is now where it's impossible to sort of like not not get get movies spoiled but uh i i remember like i had never heard of jar jar banks until until on our way to the uh to the show there was like a poster of him in in one of the stores i was like mm, that doesn't bode well <laughs> but I I, I I do remember coming out of that movie thinking it was really good and then and then and then the next day sort of thinking you know there's a lot of things that weren't so great <laughs> and yeah and then and then no no it's it's the it's the feeling of oh i should like this though <laughs> you want to like it yeah and then the more you watched it it's like the more you kind of come to your senses right yeah, like you know, like R two D two and C three PO were in it, and everybody cheered. Like the whole theater cheered when they first showed up. But like, you know, they they just seemed to be kind of shoehorned in, and and like, kind of even broke canon, didn't it? Like broke continuity with the, uh, you know, because um, you know, like like they're not that C three PO and R two D two would have remembered. I know, I know they're supposed to get wiped or whatever, but like, I don't know. It just, it just, the whole thing was weird. 
having them having them in it was completely unnecessary and weird but i cheered along with the rest of the theater hey look yeah you know yeah i i I think i think yeah definitely i think that'd be kind of interesting to do a deep dive of um the movie scene back then not just theaters but if you remember it was not the monopoly that it was it today right you had famous players Mm -hmm. and cineplex were two distinctive companies and theater offerings yeah, and I think like there's more independent ones too. Yeah, you know, like the so, like the one in Georgetown that uh, wasn't either of those. It was just like the Georgetown cinemas. Yeah, and I can, I can, and you know, there was also like the rise of the the home theater, right? Yep. VCR and- VCRs VHS versus Betamax. <laughs> Larry, you were a big Betamax guy, weren't you? Oh God, I never owned one. <laughs> I, I was, I wasn't that, I wasn't that cool. Uh, though, the fir- yeah. though, 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 uh, trivia: the first time I did see A New Hope was on a Beta, so what? I probably saw the best quality New Hope that one could possibly see if for for those uh, video files outside of Laserdisc at the time. Oh yeah, Laserdisc. Yeah, people who had beta betas um, were very snooty about it, and you know they'd always like run down your VHS for like you know, oh man, you just keep having to press the tracking all the time because it's so fuzzy and stuff. Like, so, so th- this could be another episode where we talk about the 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 failed formats. Yeah, like 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 HD DVD, HD DVD. I think I th- who needs this Blu-ray? No one needs Blu-ray. I think I may still have my hd dvd player that i bought as a peripheral for the xbox 360 (laughs) it came with king kong the movie the movie with jack black and i can't remember who else was in it yeah not based not based on a video game though it was not based on the video (laughs) game it was based on the old yeah yeah that's I, i i just yeah that's very interesting um your answer to that video game question. Cause I, I, I think that my, before um, the super Mario brothers movie, I think my favorite was maybe <laughs> Warcraft, which was like absolutely flopped in North America, but was massive in China. Yeah. yeah I remember, I remember that. Uh I don't know if, if if you're asking me why it would resonate. I think it's just because oh, it's the Rock and he's doing stuff and yeah, you know. So I would I would have said you know for also for a video game franchise to get the Rock to play in the movie, I thought it would probably be you know a big thing. Yeah, but like you said, there's no such thing as a good video game movie, so they're all horrible. So it's just kind of pick one that I don't know. It's all it checks a lot of boxes, right? Yeah. Hey, it's a monster movie. Do you need to know the video game? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> but it is based on the video game. Yeah, there's very few where where I think the video game really even comes into play as something you need to know. You know, like like I saw Prince of Persia. It was just a bad action movie. You didn't mm. need to know anything about Prince of Persia. And what game. about the Assassin's Creed movie with uh, Fassbender? That's right. Yeah, never. I never saw it. He, wasn't he? Didn't he also? 
was it also Fassbender who was in Hitman? There was a Hitman movie. Uh, ooh, yes, there was. I don't know if he was in Star. Now that you've kind of expanded it, now you know, I have heard decent things about the Witcher series, but we're not talking about movies though. But those those Witcher, like the Witcher series, is more based off of the books than the mm. video game. Right, right, because the lore of the game came from the books, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so we don't count that, right? No, I think like if you were going to go for a TV adaptation, I guess The Last of Us would be the, the gold standard as of right now. Uh, yep, and I hear, um, I don't know if it will see the light of day, but the God of War oh, uh, movie interesting. Is, is, is in production right now. Yeah. So it, I guess it follows um kratos and is it artemis oh uh atreus atreus yeah boy boy so it's just gonna be two hours of boy Boy. (laughs) of like monosyllabic (laughs) grunting from kratos exactly so but maybe that will take its rightful place maybe i mean like they do have like those games particularly the last couple of games do have like very good narratives that they can build on i guess it's like do you rehash what's happened in the game do you tell a new story you know well uh that's where last of us um you know succeeded right Mm -hmm. let's honor the source material but you know we'll get there on our own yeah yeah and yes we'll take some parts of the game that directly out of the game. And it's like storyboarded using the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it, like I said, it's, it's doable because like you said, it's those triple a titles have writing staff. That's equal to Hollywood. In fact, some would argue even better. Right. When it talks about the narrative. Yeah, I mean, some of the games that have come out in the last 10 years, like, I just think the narratives have been, like, first class, you know, as, as good as, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, like, you know, if you're into, like, Jim Jarmusch movies, you're going to play God of War and it's going to resonate with you. But, like, you know, it's, a, it's they're, they're as good as, as any sort of decent sort of Hollywood blockbuster as far as the narrative goes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we got to put a plug on this episode, Curtis. It's great to be back. And as we head to the finish line of season four, Curtis, you believe that? Wow. That's that's what we're facing. Four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know. We, I like to use the existential cucumber to gauge how far we are from ground zero of the COVID nineteen <laughs> pandemic, and I do too. So there you go. We're 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 just about to finish season four, and uh, you can catch Curtis and I uh, at some decent cadence on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, Google Music, Stitcher, everywhere you can get. Actually, your Stitcher's done. Oh, is it yeah, done? No more Stitcher. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I have to change that trailer now. Okay, so <laughs> you can find us on places where you find your podcast. Find us on Spotify and, and Apple. Those ones are the big ones. I yeah, don't know who yeah. else uses the other ones. Yeah, but if you're listening to Joe Rogan anyways, you might as well listen to us on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for those platforms that you can give us a rating, give us a rating, give us a comment, 
helps others find our little podcast. Curtis, any last words before maybe my jet lag kicks in again and I'm going to pass out right here on the mic? Yeah, just a shout out to uh, Canada's men's basketball team. Beat the United States for the bronze medal at the uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup. Great result. Mississauga represent. Mississauga represent by the great, great Dylan Brooks, as well as RJ Barrett. And yeah, bodes well going into the Olympics. I mean, they went in there with the goal to qualify for the Olympics, and they did that and won a medal. So what is the, before we sign off, what is the rule when it comes to the Olympic team? Um, Does it have to be that squad? No. Okay. No. So they can put like Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins on the Olympic team. Just like like the U.S. squad is not going to be that sort of group yeah I, was, I wasn't sure how 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 it worked that way because yeah i i would have thought uh jamal would definitely play the olympics for us right i think so yeah i mean like he was in a understandable situation you know obviously like still tired from the championship and and you know like not that far removed from a, from that big knee injury he had that cost him a season and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah, but he did show up. He he went to the camps and stuff. Let's say he's been a presence on the team. So I think he just wants to sort of like let them know that he is interested when it comes to like the Olympics. Yep. So that'll be good. And, and uh, Germany took gold, which also bodes well for us because our new point guard is, it was Dennis, the, is the MVP. Dennis Schroeder, point guard. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he he uh, signed for like not that much. Like, I mean, he, I guess he was like he's the re- replacement for uh, Fred Van Vliet, and uh, I mean, we'll see if he keeps the job in training camp, camp or not. But like, yeah, looked great at that tournament. Mm-hmm. So that does that that very very efficient in his shooting as well. Well, you know, he is. That's the the Teutonic way. Yep. I hope it translates, right? Yeah, I hope so too. All right. So thanks again for listening. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Good luck while I'm working from home.